Hey, it's episode 298 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about a whole bunch of things in relation to fasting. We're covering metabolic flexibility, how fasting works with metabolic flexibility and within a ketogenic diet, hormone imbalances and intuitive eating, how to bring intuitive eating into your protocol when you know that you have a hormone imbalance. Because when we have a hormone imbalance, let's say higher estrogen or higher testosterone, our appetite is going to be different. And so it's important to understand this. Eating disorders and whether or not we should be following a fasting protocol, how to take shame and stress out of our fasting protocols, how to determine which intermittent fasting protocols to go for, whether or not we should be long-term fasting and when, how we want to increase our metabolic flexibility and why this is important. Metabolism is a huge trigger word for 2021. Um, it's It's got a lot of backing behind it. So many people are interested in this metabolic flexibility. So we're going to be covering that a whole bunch how to have no rules with your fasting protocol. And if this scares you, if this whole concept seems odd to you, I hope after today's episode, you'll feel really inspired to give this a role. We're chatting about hunger and habits and behaviors, how to differentiate between all of the things and when to know if you're hungry or not. It's a good one. Can't wait. Uh, our guest today is Dr. Will Cole, who's a leading functional medicine expert who consults people all over the world via webcam and locally in Pittsburgh. Name one of the top 50 functional medicine and integrative doctors in the nation. Dr. Cole specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing a functional medicine approach for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormonal imbalances, digestive disorders, and brain problems. He is the best-selling author of Ketotarian and the Inflammation Spectrum in the upcoming book, Intuitive Fasting, in which he shows how to use powerful benefits of flexible intermittent fasting to gain metabolic flexibility and find food peace. Dr. Cole has also co-hosted the podcast Goop Fellas podcast and Keto Talk and will be hosting the new podcast, The Art of Being Well, which launches early 2021. I will include a link to Dr. Will Cole's newest book, Intuitive Fasting, in the show notes today. If you have questions about today's content, the best way to reach out to me is healthfulpursuit.com slash contact, and those messages go directly to me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Hello, Will. Thanks so much for hey. coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me back. And I was talking about, we do case review meetings in the morning. We talk, we have a functional medicine telehealth center. So we consult people online and we go over case reviews and that us talking today was on the schedule, of course, in between patients. And I said, Leanne and her husband drove all the way down the Florida coast to see me speak in Miami once. And I, I, that didn't, I still think of that to the day, how, until today, how thoughtful that was and meaningful. It meant so much to me. We had dinner. It was, it was a fun night. Thanks for coming to all those years ago, whenever that was. <laughs> right. When was that even? That had to have been like two years ago and it yeah, feels like just ago. yesterday. 
And it yeah. was so great. I really love taking the time to meet other people in the space because it's we're such a rare breed. Yeah. <laughs> and when there's an opportunity to connect in person, it just, I don't know, it creates that bond that you just don't get chatting like this. Yeah, very wise. That's very true. And uh, yeah, that was, it's been two years, I guess, at this point. But uh, yeah. yeah, anyways, thank you. Yeah, of course, anytime. And I would, I would happily do it again. Next time you're at least a 10 hour drive or so away, <laughs> I would probably make that happen. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll take your, I'll, I will make you, I'll remind you of that down the line. Yeah. We can all travel again and do that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that meal was so good. Uh, I still dream of that meal. So it was, it was good. good all around. <laughs> yeah. Plant, plant Miami. Very good food. Oh, Right. Yeah. When we could like hug each other and like yeah. be in big spaces with humans. Yeah, it's so human awesome. <laughs> yeah. Those things. The before. <laughs> exactly. And okay. So the last two years have been a whirlwind for you. When we first saw each other, you had one book. Now you have three. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I mean, obviously my day job, my focus on my patients. So when you talk about these things, 10 hours a day for the past 12 years, the books are like a natural outpouring of that and seeing how to use these amazing tools within wellness, specifically functional medicine of how to really improve someone's life. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been definitely a whirlwind, but I write these like on typically long weekends and 2020 over the course of 2020, it was a, well, I wasn't traveling so much. So it was an opportunity for me to focus on writing. And I normally would write on planes. So Ketotarian and the inflammation spectrum, I wrote a lot of it on planes and in hotels. So uh, on weekends, but for this book, it was like I wrote it at home predominantly, intuitive fasting because I wasn't traveling over 2020. Yeah. And so to go from keto to inflammation to fasting, what was that mm -hmm. progression like and why why fasting? Why these three books in this order? Maybe it was just by chance. Was it planned? Was it not? You know, that's always the question I have. Um, yeah, like, it's why? interesting. Yeah, I, I think in many ways it wasn't planned in the order that it was these are always topics that i've talked about for the past 12 years so the the topic of a ketogenic diet and using ketosis as a tool to use food as medicine and get the benefits of beta hydroxybutyrate in your life becoming fat adapted becoming metabolically flexible ketotarian was my own journey and and clinical journal journey as well of how to do that uh, mostly plant-based ketogenic way of eating inflammation spectrum was a deep dive in in inflammation and and I, it's interesting that the sort of deeper dive or crescendo of, of discuss, discussing these topics, I mentioned the topic inflammation spectrum in Ketotarian, and I talk about fasting in both of those books. So this is just, an, intuitive fasting was a deep dive into this concept that I feel like when you're talking to so many different people from a functional medicine standpoint, it's very interesting to see this tool be used for good sometimes and used unintentionally and not a good way. And I as its name implies, intuitive fasting, I want people to really get to a place and operate and resonate from a place of intuition. And that goes beyond food and fasting and, and wellness. It's just life itself. And that's really what wellness is, life itself. It's just how you operate through life itself. So I want people to get to and come from a place of, of intuitive fasting, of using fasting to hear the still small voice of their intuition, but it's really hard when you're metabolically inflexible, when you're inflamed, you have hormonal imbalance, it, it, dysregulation of the body. It's really hard to discern between 
inflammation and intuition or hormone imbalance and intuition or hangriness or intuition. I mean, stress, emotional eating is not intuitive eating. So I want people to get to that place, but we can use these tools that, uh, to, to get there. So it's just a, it's a continuing of the conversation. This book is. And you just said so many words like these buzzwords of things, um, including metabolic balance, hormone mm-hmm. regulation. Can we maybe go through a couple of those, maybe starting with the metabolic mm-hmm. function um, and, and the role that it plays as we either start our ketogenic diet or just on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. T- totally. So metabolic flexibility is a term that we use to describe the ability to burn fat for fuel and bur- burn sugar for fuel. So it's ability to have the grace and the uh, flexibility to do both. Most people are stuck in sugar burning mode. Mo- most of your audience will know that. And a clean, ketogenic, nutrient-dense, whole foods-based diet is one way to really gain metabolic flexibility. And many people that are maybe new to this community of being fat adapted or keto adapted, they aren't even then uh, under that umbrella, they aren't fully keto adapted. So this is something that I want people to learn to do it in a sustainable way, in a measured, uh, sustainable way for their life. Because as you and I both advocate, this is a lifestyle. This is not a diet. This isn't a fad crash thing. This is just integrating you feeling great in your life. And that's really the the ethos of everything that I do, obviously, with patients and what I talk about in the books. But so the analogy that's often used, I think, is really good for people that are trying to depict this in their mind. Sugar burning is like kindling on the fire. It's going to be short-lived to keep putting kindling on the fire to maintain that energy. You can have cleaner kindling, uh, like a whole foods diet with starches and fruits and smoothies and legumes and all that stuff. That's an option. It's a cleaner kindling. And then you have the dirty kindling and the standard Western diet with refined carbohydrates and junk food and that thing. But they're both kindling nonetheless. The alternative is burning fat for fuel, which is our own fat, if we have any, or using endogenous, uh, sorry, exogenous fat from the foods that we eat and getting our body to a place of ketosis. That's that log on the fire. It's more slow burning. It's going to be sustainable, which is why we see the the benefits uh, of a ketogenic diet. Both fasting and the ketogenic diet both increase ketosis. So they're really part of the same lifestyle because it's it's a bit of the, the two sides of the same coin because the more fat adapted somebody is, the more they will probably just do time-restricted feeding or they'll intermittent fast without even thinking about it, not because they're willing it or it's this arduous, punitive fasting protocol, just because they eat when they're hungry, their blood sugar is more stable because they have that log on the fire. But conversely, the more somebody intermittent fasts, the more they're going to produce ketosis and more they're going to become more fat adapted. So they they are very symbiotic in that way, um, a ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting. But they don't always have to go hand in hand. I mean, there are, most of the studies done on intermittent fasting didn't really, they don't really change the diet much to see the effectiveness. Will intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding, will that stand on its own, on its own merit without changing the diet? And research shows, yes, it does. It has many benefits, which I explore in the book. But I, as a functional medicine practitioner, I'm not going to advocate you to fast your way out of a poor diet. And I think that, and a ketogenic diet, really, because it is some symbiotic with fasting, it works so well because it is stabilizing and is very congruent to these mechanisms that we want to tap into.
keto flu, impossible fasting symptoms that stop you mid-fast, cravings at any hour of the day, or feeling off after a sweaty workout. These are some of the signs that you're low in electrolytes. When I first started keto, I made all of the mistakes. One of the biggest ones was not supplementing with electrolytes. And still, seven years into keto, I often forget how essential electrolytes are. Honestly, it's easy to forget to take electrolytes because, well, a lot of them don't taste very good or work very well. Enter Element, the most delicious, well-balanced electrolyte powder I've personally tried, like ever. Add to water and enjoy any time of day. These electrolytes are salty, as they should be, quenching your thirst and hitting the spot. And the best part, when you head to drinklmnt.com slash KDP, you'll receive a free Element sample pack. You only pay $5 for shipping. The sample pack includes eight packets of Element that includes two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored. Go to drinklmnt.com forward slash KDP for your free sample pack. I love Element and I really think you're going to too. Again, that's drinkelement.com forward slash KDP to get your free sample pack. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5, no questions asked. And when it comes to hormones, like you mentioned hormones and so many of the women listening, you know, the classic high testosterone, low DHEA situation, or the opposite of low progesterone. And they're wondering why they're always hungry or why when they look at a cracker, they gain five pounds. And I would imagine that by not understanding hormones and not supporting our hormones, that this intuitive structure that you're talking about is probably pretty hard, right? Yeah, it is. Because again, hormone imbalance is not coming from a place of intuitive eating because what's up is down and down is up. There'll be so much disillusionment and frustration. And that's a lot of my patients that are trying to do the right thing that hear about these amazing things in wellness. They try to do it, but it's just an uphill battle. It's very arduous. It's very difficult. So these are tools that um, people can lean into to start to awaken and the term that comes to mind, Paracelsus, he's one of the fathers of modern medicine in late 1400s in Switzerland. We have Hippocrates, right? The Hippocratic Oath, father of modern medicine. But Paracelsus was known as the father of toxicology. or the, They called him the Martin Luther of medicine because he was reforming medicine at that time. He called fasting the physician within. And I think that's a really interesting way of thinking about it, of this sort of inner doctor, this physician within that allows our body to start to heal itself and tapping into these things that would have been innate and dormant for a long time in our DNA. And it's decreasing this chasm between genetics and epigenetics as well as allowing your body to actually rebalance and support these pathways that are not optimized allowing your body to optimize the, these things, whether that be detox pathways to clear out those excess hormones, whether that's really supporting the gut-brain axis and lowering inflammation levels, which allows the body to shift from this sympathetic fight-or-flight state to a parasympathetic state, which is resting, digesting, but also hormonally balanced state. So I see these, these really cool things that allows the body to get its head above water, so to speak, to allow to repair things that were prior to that prior to when they were in a state of metabolic inflexibility or metabolic rigidity, all these things seemed impossible where they look at the cracker and you mentioned like gaining the five pounds or they try it at all. 
gritting their teeth through these punitive diets and starvation and caloric restriction, that's the antithesis of what I want for people. And that's the antithesis of your message and my message too, when it comes to using food and fasting as medicine. Yes. And there are so many different ways to fast. And so it might be helpful as we move forward, kind of talking about fasting, your approach to fasting, that we really define what that is. Because um, some people will use fatty coffees and consider it fasting. Others, it's just water. Others, it's dry fasting. You know, there's a billion Mm -hmm. different ways to do this fasting thing. So I'd love to just preface like, what are we talking about here? (laughs) Yeah. And there is so many ways and there's so much compelling research around different ways. So I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way per se. It's how you use it in the context of the person that is using it. So that matters. But specifically, what I'm exploring in in intuitive fasting is time-restricted feeding. So it's the specific, it's not caloric restriction. It's not a fasting, uh, like a mimicking diet where you're limiting your calories for a period of time. But it is tapping into time-restricted feeding, which is very strategic times of eating to uh, leverage the benefits and giving your body time to repair and rest. Because eating is wonderful, and there's the yin and the yang with this. There's a time to eat and a time to fast. And I think of time to eating, uh, that's why I paired with intuitive fasting with a ketotarian way of eating. So it's for many people that have read Ketotarian, this is sort of a continuing of that conversation. And it pairs really well with that way of eating because they are so symbiotic and uh, complementary of themselves, of each other, that I want people to uh, balance their blood sugar, to really lean into these clean keto foods, but in very specific windows. So we start off with bigger eating windows and then shrink them and then expand them back out. So these vacillating time-restricted feeding windows or intermittent fasting windows, depending on how you look <laughs> look at that, they are allowing your body to gain metabolic flexibility. So I think of it as like this proverbial yoga class for your metabolism where week one, it's a four week plan. That's again, these are things that I just talked to patients about, but in the book, I'm laying it out in this way where week one is a body reset fast. It's a 12, 12 fasting to eating window. So very simple, uh, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. you're eating. And then you're fasting through the night until you break the fast at breakfast. That's body reset. And I'm pairing that with a ketotarian diet to because it's mimicking a lot of the same benefits of fasting, it's increasing beta hydroxybutyrate. You're starting to lean into these this fat for fuel or getting that log in the fire. But it's because it's lowering insulin and lowering blood sugar and kind of calming inflammation levels down, it's as its name implies, it's resetting the body in many ways. And then this because this book, it's intuitive fasting, I want people to be self-paced with this. They don't have to rush and go right into week two. They can repeat week one as many weeks as they need to. And you and I both know this, but when people are reading our books, they're coming at different points of their journey. And if someone's more metabolically inflexible, more metabolically rigid, they may want to just sit there for a while and allow their body to adjust into this new way of eating and this light intermittent fasting window. And then week two is a metabolic recharge. We go a bit deeper uh, into about 18-hour fast, 14 to 18-hour fast. But I do that a lot of days where it's a 12 to 6 eating window. 
I'm eating within those six hours, which is an 18 hour fast. You're including the hours that you're sleeping. And we're working on, and I'm highlighting the research in these specific types of time restricted feeding or intermittent fasting windows. So that week we're working on more cardiometabolic things, decreasing insulin resistance, decreasing hormonal problems, decreasing inflammation levels, improving lip, improving lipid markers, all of that stuff. And then week three is the deepest fast. It's a 22 to two fasting to eating window, uh, sorry, 20 to 22 uh, rather a four to two hour eating window, depending on how much you're doing it. It's what I refer to as an almost OMAD approach or OMAD for people that are new to fasting. It's one meal a day or OMAD. And it is the deepest fast for week three. It's an every other day fast. So it's not every day. And it is the other alternative days you're back to that, that um, 12, 12 fasting to eating window. But I want people to start to tap into these deeper ketosis during those that week three to get the autophagy or cellular recycling benefits to start to gain even more that more log on the fire as far as stem cell activation and these longevity benefits that really explore the researchers are exploring in these deeper fasting windows. And then week four, it's hormonal rebalance week. So we're putting more kindling on the fire, but in a cleaner kindling sort of way and do a cyclical ketotarian approach that week, which you mentioned hormones. I mean, depending on what hormones you're talking about and who you're talking about, a lot of people, not everybody, need a little bit more exogenous clean kindling for their hormones. And I want people to experiment with that and learn what their body loves. Some people need less kindling and do better with that. Some people need more kindling. Explore that. This is intuitive fasting. This is not a punitive set in stone thing that it's malleable as the human physiology is malleable. And it's unique in the sense that, or I should say it's diverse, like we are all diverse. And um, so that's things like sweet potatoes, fruits, rice, stuff like that that allows to support that thyroid hormone conversion or the progesterone production around your cycle or whatever the case may be. Because these are all tools that are all part of the same thing. It doesn't have to be fasting is bad for women or fasting, everyone should fast. It's like the truth is often sometimes in the middle and I'm bringing the context to these four weeks. Yes. Like nobody could see my face as you were talking. I was like, yes, preach. Yes, bro. You got it. Like it's so true. And, um, I'll never forget going on stage for, um, keto con back in like 2017. And I was sharing that message of like, sometimes you need carbohydrates and not, not all days are going to look the same on your ketogenic diet. And this is a good thing. And I was so afraid that people were going to throw like butter at me. A lot of people did leave. Um, but it's so great to have authors like you and like brilliant minds sharing this of that. It needs to be um, diverse because we all are diverse. And so, yes, thank you so much from all of us, maybe who haven't read it yet, because your book's coming out in a couple days for creating this because every little bit counts toward people starting to hear that message. And what I heard from you while you were speaking is not doing the same thing every day and that this is actually awesome. Would yeah. that be a good summary? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you... I called it intuitive fasting for two different reasons. One, calming the noise in your body, calming the inflammation, calming the hormone imbalance in the body allows the noise to calm down. Actually, physiologically, that noise of inflammation and balance will calm down so they can actually hear their intuition and that, that sort of resonant knowingness of what your body loves. But also, I want them to lean actually pretty early on and actually starting to hear that voice of intuition, even when it's not so easy at the beginning 
to start knowing, hey, whoa, I feel better on this type of fast. Oh, I feel better with this. I feel better with this. So throughout the whole book, I'm having people check in with their energy, check in with your weight, check in with your digestion, check in with your sleep, check in with your libido, check in with your hair. All of that stuff needs to be looked at because that's gonna be these check engine lights on a personal level to see what you need more of and what you need less of. So it's, we're all unique and that, that through leaning into this, there's so many levels of learning about your body that well, you won't need to hear some doctor pontificating it or someone demonizing what you're doing or not doing as being the wrong thing and these tribal wars within wellness. It will be meaningless, it'll be secondary because you'll know for yourself I know what works for me. And that's what's important. Empowerment. Yes. yes exactly. to, and have that discernment. So when you're sitting in a doctor's office and they say, blah, 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 you can say no. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how my body works. And to have that empowerment is huge. And do you feel like a check engine light would also be a woman's cycle? Don't yeah, totally. Because women are higher in kispeptin levels, which are is a signaling molecule that makes them more, some women more sensitive to fasting or a ketogenic diet. And if you're noticing, hey, look, you can get amazing benefits of ketosis, the, the anti-inflammatory, the uh, antioxidant pathways, all the stuff we're talking about, right? But it's a balancing act. It's that Goldilocks principle of just right when you need it. And women have that whole other component that is waxing and waning, that's cycling, that people that aren't menstruating don't understand or don't get. And we need to talk about that, that you're going to need different things depending on where you're at, your cycle. So the same thing every day, all day, forever is not going to work for many women that, that are, there's that delicate ebb and flow of progesterone and estrogen. We all know the health benefits of salmon, rich in omega-3, selenium, vitamin D, the nutrients that keep your thyroid and metabolism revved up and your skin looking glowy and healthy. But a lot of us steer clear of fish because of accessibility, cost, and taste. Some of that store-bought stuff has a real rank taste to it and smell to it, right? Ugh. Not Wild Alaskan Seafood Box, a salmon delivery service that takes wild caught to a whole new level. The seafood in their subscription program is wild caught from a Alaska via small boat fishermen working directly with friends and families to deliver the freshest, most authentic seafood right to your home. From the local small mom and pop processor in Petersburg, Alaska to you. You can go to wildalaskanseafoodbox.com slash KDP and reserve your subscription box today. Choose to receive your box once a month, once every two months, or every three months. Plus, in every box when you use my link, you'll get a free 8-ounce package of smoked Alaskan sockeye salmon in every single one of your orders for the lifetime of your membership. So all you got to do is go to wildalaskanseafoodbox.com slash KDP, choose your subscription, and then use the KDP coupon code at checkout for your free 8-ounce package of smoked Alaskan sockeye salmon in each and every single one of your boxes for the lifetime of your membership. Um, you were saying, you know, as, as your body gets quieter and inflammation is, is decreasing, I would imagine then that over time, your fasting protocol, how you're eating the ketogenic diet will also have to change because your body is healing. And I think a lot of people 
don't recognize that and they stay mm -hmm. on the same protocol. I'm fasting 18 hours every day and I'm eating this and it's going to work. And then they get to a point where nothing's working. Mm -hmm. um, any thoughts on that as like, as you're healing, which is what we're all here to do, what do we yeah. do? And what are the sort of signs to look for that it's time to shift? Yeah, I think that always being conscious of what you're doing and don't be on autopilot or don't think, well, because it worked for back in the day that it's something that you're a failure or no, that's not the plan, depending on your personality type. It's just to, to pivot is like a failure. Pivoting is not a failure. Pivoting is part of life, actually. And it's a grace and lightness that maybe that person needs to infuse into their life to realize it's okay. That's, that is life. That is the ripple dynamic nature of humanity and the, of which whoever that's that they're, they're being super punitive for themselves, maybe unintentionally. I think a lot of times they don't even thinking about it. They're just, no, that's the thing. And like that, I always have to do that. And if I deviate from that, that's not good. Well, check in with your body, see what your body has to say. And, you know, look, really look at all of these levels. And I adapted from questions that I asked patients. I adapted this quiz in the book. So people kind of, kind of, have those snapshots of time for themselves. So maybe they don't have labs, so they don't have a functional medicine doctor, they don't have a coach in their life, but they can kind of check in with that quiz to kind of see, hey, where am I at? As the more metabolically flexible you are, you're gonna have completely different set of variables as far as your physiology is concerned, where the rules will become antiquated. The rules you used to think you had to do will become, and like you said, that's kind of the point of this anyways. So you're supposed to be improving your health. The rules can adjust accordingly. Yes. And so I also wanted to ask you on intuition, because when people hear that word, like mm -hmm. intuitive, they're like, there's no rules, there's no template, I'm going in blind, you're saying do whatever I want, I can't trust my body. If I trusted mm -hmm. my body, I would be at I don't know, pick a place, McDonald's eating all the, what did they even serve there? The yeah. happy meals. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, you know, so like how, how do you balance that out? It sounds like your book does a great job at giving those checks and balances in place to teach people how to be intuitive. Mm -hmm. Can we chat a little bit about that and yeah. maybe some behavioral issues that could come up and, and mm -hmm. fears that one has of like free reign? That's what they hear when they hear intuition. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And th that sort of dichotomous, even that title, intuitive fasting, where it's like, how the heck could not eating be intuitive? Like nobody's going to intuitively fast with their metabolically inflexible. I get that. That's why the book is called that because we're using fast act fasting to actually flexible fasting to get metabolically flexible so you can hear your intuition. So I love that you brought up that point because if when you use the word intuition or intuitive eating, right, it is on the, in the social media space, and in a certain sex of the wellness world, it can be used very fluffy. And it's like, well, say that to any one of my patients when they first meet me. When their body's in an autoimmune flare, when their body's in hormonal imbalances, when they have insatiable cravings and hangriness, blood sugars are all over the place, and they're told, just eat intuitively. So when you crave that donut, like, is that intuition? Well, no, it's, it's, it's cravings masking itself as intuition. So this is really putting in the effort and the intention, and it's a positive effort and positive intention to actually give your body the due diligence to physiologically create a centered and a soundness so you can actually have the proper signaling pathways like hormonal signaling and neurotransmitter signaling and gut-brain axis signaling, all that stuff we want, 
you have to actually build the infrastructure to truly hear your intuition when it comes to food, when it comes to rest, when it comes to fasting, all this stuff. So it sounds fluffy and can be used in very vapid ways. What I'm talking about is actually quite practical. It's actually truly having proper signaling pathways to know what your body loves and know what your body hates and have the discernment between the two. So I'm glad you brought that up because you have to have metabolic flexibility to really have true, full intuition. And that's not to say that women specifically don't just have an innate intuition, even despite the noise of hormonal imbalance and, and inflammation. But it's despite those things that their intuition is still shouting through that imbalance. What I'm saying is let's just have a more congruent environment in your life and in your body to ha hear the intuition more clearly and more stably. So yeah, that's you have to get there because metabolic inflexibility is the death of intuition, really. So I want people to get to a place of, of actually having knowingness when it comes to their health and their body. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. And what I'm hearing from you also is that the food quality, you know, a lot of times you see people, yeah, yeah, I do fasting and this is so good for me. And when I'm eating, I just choose whatever because it balances each other out. But what I'm hearing from you is that this is just part of the overall process of the food quality also matters and those healthful foods help you get more and more in touch with your intuition. Would that be fair? Absolutely. Because the food you're eating is going to work in alignment with that or be an unintentional saboteur of those goals. Every food we eat either feeds inflammation or fights it. There's no innocuous, I'm doing nothing for your physiology food. So if the more a food brings inflammation levels up, disrupts the microbiome, right, impacts your blood sugar, that's going to raise the noise up in the body. So you can't even discern what's, what do I need? Like what, what's even, let's make, how can I make sense of all of these things? Because every meal and every snack is like a confusion, a confusing experience. So yeah, it's definitely true. Your food is either doing one or the other. We're all different. So there's bioindividuality there. And also too, it's, it's not just the macronutrients that can be stabilizing these things. It's the micronutrients too. It's the minerals, the vitamins, the polyphenols, all of these things too will be the raw materials for uh, healing, healing your body. Mm, beautiful. And as you were speaking, I kind of thought of there are a couple of women, shout out to them that I get messages um, from. And do you know when you work with a client and they feel so completely helpless and inflammation is, is at an all-time high. Their hormones are all over the place. They're hungry all the time. They can't get a handle on things. What I really like about your work is that it's sort of like you meet them where they are. And so mm -hmm. I, what I really want people to take away from this conversation is that the work that you do, just like you said, people are starting at different paths, but I think sometimes books in the health and wellness space can start way off in right field. And somebody mm -hmm. feels like there's no way that I can do this. It's not approachable. I feel completely helpless and it's too far of a leap. Would you say that for somebody like that, that your book could be helpful and that you meet them where they are with yeah. all of the things happening? <laughs> Certainly. No. And when, like you said, like we, 
when you work with people all day long and that's your main focus, you've heard just about every scenario you can think of on like where people could be at, what's their headspace, what are their frequently asked questions, like what are the unintentional excuses for why they shouldn't do it, what are the legitimate excuses for why they shouldn't do it, or legitimate reasons why they can't do it. I try to walk them through that hand in hand, like these are the things that you're thinking about. And even when it's just as a matter of, like I mentioned, like that week one or week two and whatever one of those four weeks, you may want to repeat those things and that's okay. Just because I'm saying these are four weeks, it may be needed much longer than that. And, or it's cycling through these four weeks as many times as you need to. That is, that is called life. That these, are, these are tools that you can repeat as many times as you need to until you get to where you need to be. And you can check in with that metabolic, metabolic flexibility quiz to kind of see, hey, subjectively based on this quiz data, how am I improving my health? And you'll know because these are how you feel too, but you can quantify it. I'm just starting to open up that dialogue. You know, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I work with a client and they're like, what? Like I could just, you know, track my symptoms and understand. I'm like, yeah, like just yeah. start a dialogue with your body. And this is like mind blowing, a mind blowing process. It's quite easy. It's just people don't mm -hmm. think of it. No, they don't. They don't. Because we are in many ways divorced from that knowingness about the body or intuition or just checking in with themselves. They just think that, you know, we say a lot, but it's true. Just because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. Like ubiquity doesn't necessarily equate with normalcy. Your everyday things you settle for or just push through or ignore doesn't necessarily mean you should be pushing through or just settling or ignoring it. Because these things, like we talked about energy levels, like how is your energy levels? Are you getting that afternoon crash? Are you having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep? How's your, like all this stuff we're talking about, it's really good. It's really good for people to start to have that, whoa, I thought that was normal, but it actually isn't normal. And actually uh, they can start to appreciate these things that are starting to improve as the body finds that balance again. Yes, yes, completely. Um, so shifting gears a little bit into, is this for everyone? You know, is fasting for everyone? Are there certain people that should or shouldn't or maybe stay on week one or just, you know, a conversation around, is this for everyone? Yeah. Uh, is it for everybody? Well, it's how you do it. I think how you do it is for everybody. Uh, Cause everybody's like, Week one, that 12-12 body reset fast, it's a very light time-restricted feeding. So I think that most people could benefit from that. I, I can't think of a person that couldn't because eating between 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. until you're full, eat when you're hungry, eat until you're satiated, eating nutrient-dense healing foods, allowing your body to fast through the night until it breaks the fast in the morning, I think that that's a sensible approach for people. And what I want people to do as they cycle through the four weeks and maybe cycle through it a couple times, they can say, oh, I feel better at this type of fast, and I didn't really like that one so much. And they can intuitively readjust this protocol to suit their bio-individuality. So yeah, to varying degrees, these are all things that people, I want people to sample and lean in and figure out, start to learn about their body and what they need more of and what they need less of. But even the deepest fasts, they're not forever. So these are just limited experiences to learn about your body and to gain some metabolic flexibility and tap into these benefits that we're talking about. So none of them are always and forever. So you're ebbing and flowing and, and going in and out of these levels of ketosis. So these temporal vacillating windows, I think, are good for most human beings. 
it doesn't mean it's going to be super comfortable with someone super metabolically rigid and they, they're like, whoa, this fasting's tough. And then naturally say, well, this isn't for me. Fasting's not for me. That's like someone going to the gym and being sore after their workout and saying, the gym's not for me. Moving my body's not for me. Sometimes when you have a very tight, uh, rigid metabolism, you're going to get a workout for a little bit. And that soreness, so to speak, whatever that is, like a little bit more fatigue or a little bit more like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry, a little bit more blood sugar adjusting, more a little physiology adjusting to these changes. That's that proverbial yoga class that I mentioned. A hot yoga class is tough and you have to lean into it and be progressive and be gentle with yourself, but gentle, but still progressive. And it's that balancing act of moving the needle but don't, moving the, don't move the needle too fast too soon. So I think that, that context matters. The one caveat I would say are people that have disordered eating, people that, have, that need to figure out a way that works for their, themselves that aren't going to trigger them. There are many people with past disordered eating that do really well with time-restricted feeding and fasting because they're eating amply. Because just to repeat this again, intermittent fasting, the, doing it the way that we advocate it, you and I advocate it, is that it is this is not chronic caloric restriction this is the antithesis of chronic caloric restriction so you're just being strategic about when you're eating the food but you're eating ample amounts of food so but with that said even those tighter fasting windows even if you're eating ample amounts of food i would say talk to your doctor talk to your eating disorder specialist or both and they may give the okay because they see how nutrient dense it is in healing and for some people, maybe it's not the right time for them. And they need to uh, do more healing as far as their relationship with food and relationship with their body. Because this should not be an eating disorder disguised as a wellness practice. This is not what we're talking about here. But other than those people, I think that this is a very measured approach for people to try. Yeah, completely. And I'm really happy that you mentioned eating disorders as somebody who struggled with an eating disorder for 20 years. You know, when I started the ketogenic diet and I started fasting, it definitely triggered because I was looking at it uh, uh, with restriction and trying to limit my calories. And there was actually about four years in my ketogenic experience where I did not fast. There were no rules. There was no, if I was hungry, I ate. If I wasn't, I didn't track my eating. And only after really the last year I've really gotten into fasting and now being recovered for four years, I feel pretty good about it, but you always have to check yourself, check your mm -hmm. heart, check where your mind is at. And that's such great advice and to yeah. speak with a professional and get the okay, but then no, you have the responsibility, like check your heart daily. You mm -hmm. know, I was supposed to do a 24 hour fast, um, now into 7 PM. And I just woke up. I'm like, Nope, it's not going to happen yeah. today. I'm not feeling it. I can't do mm -hmm. it. And that's, far more high priority, my mental health, way higher priority than yeah. sticking to a plan and saying, no, I planned a 24 hour fast. I have to do it. No. Yeah. And that's intuition saying, no, I'm okay with that. I need to eat and that's okay. This should not be punishing somebody or you feeling like a failure because this is just, we are trying to integrate feeling great in your life. This isn't about feeling like a failure. That's not the point of this. If, it, if you're feeling shame and stress, you're never going to shame your stress your way into wellness. It's really going to be the opposite. It's going to be such a source of dread if you stick with it or you're probably not going to stick with it because it is such a source of shame and dread. So it's going to be unsustainable and that's not good either. Mm -hmm. And to really, for anyone, you know, oftentimes people hear eating disorder and they're like, well, I don't have that. I don't need right. to listen to this. And yeah. I think the big thing here is 
most of us have some sort of disordered relationship to food. If yeah. you've been on any diet, it's probably it's likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, an orthorexia, which I'm sure you, I mean, if this is a stress shame around healthy eating. I think it, uh, in our community, it's actually, it exists on a spectrum too. And for some legitimate reasons with the amount of flares and autoimmune problems that people have around foods, that can trigger trauma around foods and orthorexia. But there's a lot of people that are going in with good intentions, but it becomes this very restrictive, very punitive thing, which is not coming from a place of intuition. Yes. And this is why I love your work because you say stuff like that and we just align so much in, mm -hmm. in how we approach things. And again, I just appreciate you so much creating this book, sharing it with the world. Can you tell us where people can interact with you, get the book, what the deal is, just yes. lay it all on us. Everything's at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. But they can order intuitive fasting from there, the links to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, all that stuff. But we, yeah, they get up. There's a lot of free content there to learn about themselves and see if functional medicine's right for them too. Amazing. And I'm going to include a link to your book that launches in just a couple of days so people can grab that. And yeah, just thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So knowledgeable, right? Oh, I just love having Dr. Will Cole on the podcast. He's been on a couple of times and it's just so great to continue to learn from him. It's just so good. I hope you really enjoyed that. Sunday, February 28th, episode 299. Austin Cavelli's coming on the show to chat with us about carnivore. And then episode 300, we're going to be talking about fasting again. Oh, just love fasting. And that's happening Wednesday, March 3rd. So I will see you next Sunday for an episode and I hope you have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.